Um, the reading this morning is from Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. The parable of the talents. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, friends, lovely to see you. Good morning. And uh, if you are new or visiting, welcome. My name's Mark. I'm the senior pastor here. Um, I just want to um, put a little caveat on what I'm uh, speaking about this morning. Um, uh, once a year as a church we take an opportunity to look at our finances and there is a, a myth out there that anytime anybody goes to church they're always talking about money uh, we talk about it once a year so if you're visiting today I'm really sorry that you've come on the day that we're talking about money um, generally you will find we talk about Jesus Christ uh, because that's who we want to talk about that's who we want to live our lives like that's who we want to give the glory to but as a church family we do uh, once a year want to uh, reflect on uh, finance and um, I've taken the liberty in the notice sheet you'll see I've written a letter to everybody and as you came in inside your notice sheet there's one of these forms which you've given out to everybody um, let me just do this uh, really briefly um, two things I uh, want to encourage you in. The first is this, um, as with any, any um, uh, a community of people, we need to uh, budget for what goes on. Uh, this morning, we've got a team in Wormer Scrubs, who is a church responsible for the services in Wormer Scrubs. 
uh, every second Sunday of the month. Uh, and um, uh, not only that, we run ministry in Wilmer Scrubs throughout the week. So we have a ministry in Wilmer Scrubs. We've got um, Richard Thomas is taking a service this morning in Southall. Um, he's at St. George's Southall. We go out to support uh, other churches. Chris Fox is in Mozambique. Um, uh, we are... Uh, along with uh, a couple of other churches uh, responsible for the training of church leaders across Mozambique. So he's in Mozambique addressing a pastor's conference uh, for the next few days. Um, so as a church, we stretch out uh, uh, far beyond uh, our little church here. Um, and all of that takes planning and finance. So planned giving for us, what's coming in, is really important so that we can plan what we're doing and we can budget and manage these things. That's key. The second thing is that uh, we're also asking next Sunday if we could have a gift Sunday. Um, uh, we've got two uh, big needs at the moment. Um, first is that we want to fit a lift from downstairs to upstairs. Um, that's a key thing that we want to do. Uh, one of the main reasons for that is that uh, we recently had one young person who couldn't get to the young people's work because of a disability. And so we started that process of putting a lift into place. And um, it makes upstairs accessible to everybody. So that's the first thing. Second thing is that um, uh, the sound system here um, uh, fell over and died last week. So the confession is we've already bought the new sound desk. So this confession, um, which means we're really going to be in trouble if people don't respond in the gift day. So, so, so um, uh, if you want to know whether uh, that was necessary, um, uh, my friend Peter is on the desk today and he can talk any sort of technical detail that anybody here ever wants to know about. He can tell you everything. I've got no idea. I just know it stopped working, and now it is working again. And um, so um, uh, we, needed to, we needed to do something about that. So we've got, so we got an immediate need for some finance for a gift day next Sunday. So I, I want to appeal for you in those two areas. One, if you're already on the, on the giving scheme, please would you review your giving ahead of asking anybody. Um, Lindsay and I reviewed our giving and we, so we try to step ahead of everybody else. We don't ask you to do anything that we're not doing. But um, would you review your giving and, and if you're not on the giving scheme, would you consider joining the giving scheme? It's so helpful for us as a church family. And would you consider bringing in next week an extra gift? Would you consider, I've written about it in the letter, in my, not in the notice sheet, would you consider bringing in an extra gift to enable us to do those two major projects? Okay, that's the appeal over. Now I want to talk about our passage of scripture, Matthew 25, verse, verse uh, 14. Uh, I, I don't know what um, little sayings you use in your life. Uh, here's one, he who waits to do a great deed will never do anything great at all. There's a, if we wait, if we don't grasp the opportunity, we'll miss it and we'll miss it and we'll miss it and we'll miss it. He who waits to do a great deed, they'll never do anything great at all. Uh, here's another one that's more common. More, no, no pain, no gain. Do you use that? No pain, no gain. I use that when I'm out cycling, following some of those super fit people in St. Paul's who can cycle very fast. I think no pain, no gain, and I never gain on them, and it is always painful. But there's that, that process, no pain, no gain. Well, here's another one, no risk, no reward. If we, if we don't 
step out and risk something, well, there is no reward. There is nothing that we will reap at the end of the day. Teresa of Avila, famous uh, saint, said this, Many people neglect the task that lies at hand and are content with having just wished to do the impossible. Many people neglect the task that lies at hand and are content with having just wished to do the impossible. It's all very easy to say, but it's much harder to do. I want to think a little bit this morning about how we are investing our lives. Three things you can do with your life. The first thing is that we can allow our life to sort of drift by. Anybody who's connected with any world of any teenager will know that drifting is part of a process that they go through. And so you can allow your life to drift by. I congratulated someone yesterday on being up and in the kitchen by 11 a.m. They thought that was really early. I was reflecting on how late it was. You know, we can allow our lives, can't we, to drift by. Or, 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 or we can spend our lives. That's the second thing we do. And advertisers will encourage you and, and invite you to spend your life. And of course, that's my training and background. That's what I did. I was in marketing and advertising. And as certainly, there are, there are, I tell you, lots of people who work very hard at trying to encourage you to part with your money and spend your life. But the third thing we can do is invest our life. And to invest our life means to use it in a way that it outlives us. That we make a difference for eternity. That we leave a legacy. Here's something I really hope when I have gone to be with the Lord that someone at my funeral will say, the world's a little better because he lived. That we've done something to make a difference. That we didn't just come and exist and use what we've got, but, but we, we left this place just a little bit better just affected it the little bit that we could affect it because of what God gave us and he gave us life to breathe, air to breathe and life to live. I think the Bible is very clear that we're created to make a contribution. We're not just to be consumers, we're to be contributors, we're to give, we're to make the world different, we're to make other people's lives different. Isn't it, isn't it lovely? I, I, I think it is so true. I think it is so much better to give than to receive. I get more joy at seeing the pleasure on somebody's face when you give to them than when you receive something yourself. Now, several people disagree with me in that in particular ways, but I, I actually think the pleasure on somebody's face when we give to them, when we make their life a little better, is really worth going for. And the contribution that we make with our lives, our talents, our abilities, that's what the Bible calls our ministry. When you take your talents, your abilities, whatever you're good at, and when you use them to help other people unselfishly, God says that contribution, that's your ministry in life. Jesus says that one day we will each have to give an account for how we lived our lives. And, and Matthew 25 really is a picture of uh, what it means to live with that long term in mind. 
It's looking into how we invest our lives. And here's some simple guidelines from our reading this morning. And the first is this. It's all God's anyway. It's all God's anyway. It belongs to him in the first place. He's just entrusted it to us. Everything I have belongs to God. God made it all. God owns it all. It was here before we got here. It's going to be here after we leave this earth. We just get to borrow it for 60, 70, 80, 90 years and then we return it. We brought nothing into this world when we were born and we're taking nothing out of this world when we leave. So here's my most precious gift in life. I did nothing to deserve it, nothing to earn it, nothing that gives me a right to have it. But once upon a time, nearly 31 years ago, my lovely Lindsay said yes to me. And I get to share life with her. That's God's gift to me. It's a wonderful thing that God gives us gifts. And God gives us gifts and says, how are you now going to use that gift? How are you going to be blessed by that gift? How are you going to bless others with that gift that he gives you? It's all God's anyway. Everything we have, our cars, our homes, our ambitions, everything. It's really just on loan to us for the time that we're alive. The Bible tells us that God made us to manage his resources on earth. That's why we're here, to manage the environment. That's why we believe in fair trade and justice and doing the right thing for the poorest people in the world. That's why we believe in it. Because God says, here's the world, it's a gift to you, manage it well. Look after those most in need. So often our attitude can be, it's my career. It's my family, it's my assets, it's my home, it's my car, and on and on, when really it belongs to God. Verse 14 says, And again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. So the context is this. The kingdom of heaven is illustrated in this way. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. He entrusted them his resources. He said, here, here are my resources. Will you look after them? It was his, not the servants. And when we learn to accept that truth, that changes everything for us. You know, um, uh, if, if something, if we feel we own something and it gets bashed, um, uh, we had um, uh, some, someone kindly bashed our car a few months ago. And, and when they bashed it, you go out and you go, oh no, don't you go, oh no. So you had to take it down a garage and go, how, how much is it to repair this, you know, that we didn't do? And uh, you get it repaired, don't you? And then you drive around and you think, oh, that's good, it's repaired now, it feels better, you see. But you look around and you think there are other cars. They've got, they got dings in. You don't worry about those, do you? You don't take them down again, because they're not yours. You think they're driving around with a bash in their car. You know, that's what you think. You repair it if it's yours. If we feel we own it, we worry about it. If God owns everything, we don't have to worry about it. 
That's why the Bible says, do not worry. Just don't worry, because it's God's anyway. Everything belongs to him. He gave it to me. He can take it back anytime he wants. He can replace it so we don't have to worry in our lives. That's the first guideline. The second guideline that I see in this passage is that God wants us to work for him. God expects me to use my talents for him. He gave them to us for a purpose. He wants me to make the most of my abilities. He's given them to our lives for a purpose. It's as if God has looked to us and he said, I'm going to make an investment in you. So I don't know if you've been given five talents or two talents or one talent. But God says, I want to invest in you. I want to invest in you and I'm going to give you this. And I want you to use that that I give you for the kingdom of God. I think God has looked at us and said, you're someone I think you're worth investing in. And every day we get to choose how we're going to live our lives. Every one of us, we get to make that choice. But there will come a day when we have to explain to God the choices that we made. Jesus reminded us in this story, it says this, After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he'd entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who'd been received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two more bags of silver to invest. And I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Come, let us celebrate. This is the thing. Someday we're going to be asked by God how we lived our lives. Did we live our lives to make a difference in this world? Did we live our lives to make a difference in other people's lives? Did we, uh, by our life, enable something of the goodness of God to shine in them? I, I, I don't know about you, um, I never really liked exams at school. Anybody like exams? We get exams all the time, don't we? You have your GCS, or you have your SATs, don't you? And then you have your GCSEs. They didn't have SATs in my days, thank goodness. But you have your SATs, and then you have your GCSEs, and you have your A-levels, and you have your degrees exams, and then you have your work exams, and then you have your eyesight exams, and your heart exams, and your cholesterol exams. You have exams all through life. But it's good, isn't it, to know what the questions are in advance, because you can prepare for it. Then you know you're going to pass. I, I, know, I can tell you in advance the question. When you see the Lord. There are two I think. Once you've settled the question of your relationship with Christ. That's the most important question. The most important question in our life is have we trusted in him? But the second thing is he'll say. What did you do? What did you do with what I gave you? 
Did you use it well? Did you use it wisely? Did you use it to bless other people? Did you use it to make a difference? Did you use it that my light might shine before others, that they would give glory to God? Did your life bring something of the kingdom of God in to other people's lives? Will we be able to stand before God and say, I use my life to bring peace, to help the poor, to point people to use. I use my talents. I use them in a way that helped others. I use them in a way that made an impact on the world. How are you investing your life? God wants us to work for him. And here's the third thing that this passage says to me. It says we are all to be involved. Then the master with the one bag of silver, then the servant with the one bag of silver came to the, came and said, "Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid them in the earth. Look, here is your money back." This third man, he buried his talent. He took it and hid it. He was cautious and conservative. He said, "I'm going to play it." safe. He was the nothing ventured, nothing gained sort of person. He he didn't want to stretch out in any way. What's the master's reaction to him? The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. You wicked and lazy servant, he says. I think God was a bit miffed with him. Most of us, when we hear the word wicked, we think of murder or rape or theft or I don't know, you name it. But actually in this situation, wicked is that we haven't used the talents that we were given to make a difference in this world. We're called to make a contribution, not to bury what we have and hide it out of the sight of others. There are a couple of things here. First, you can't please God by playing it safe. To use your talent, you have to risk. It says in the Bible, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith, ultimately, at its heart, has risk as part of it. We're called to risk. We're called to step out. We're called to have those conversations. We're called to invest. We're called to make a difference. The second insight is that God would rather have you try serving him to at least attempt to do something than fail to do anything. He calls the servant wicked not because he lost the money but because he hid the money. He buried the money. He did nothing with it. I think one of the reasons why people so miss the adventure of God in their lives. What Jesus talks about is that, is that if we come to him, we will have life in all its fullness. Life, life, this great adventure that he calls us to that makes such a difference. 
Well, God says that the way to do that is not to play it safe. It's to step out and risk with him and enjoy this great adventure. When we start to play it safe and sit on the sidelines of life and become spectators, not using our talents the way God intended, living for ourselves, not for Christ, we miss out. You know, my friends, we all know the Lord, and if we, you don't know the Lord, then I would love to chat to you afterwards. But we know, we know what it means to live with peace that passes understanding. We know what it means to have something of the richness of God in our lives. And as a church, at the core of what we believe, that's what we want to share with other people. We want to see this, this world as a place where the kingdom of God shines brightly in everybody's lives. Jesus gave his life for our eternal freedom. His was a death that paid for all our wrongs. His was a death that will bring everlasting peace to the end of the day. And the good news is that once we're his, we're his forever. Once we belong to his family, then nothing can separate us. And we as a church want to share that news with everybody we possibly can. So I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you in those things, but I want to encourage you, would you stand with us and help us? If you're on the giving scheme, would you join Lindsay and I and review your giving? Would you have a look at it and say, okay, maybe I need to put this up this year to enable the, the, the church family that I'm a part of to achieve what it might achieve this year as we review this? And would you think next week I'm going to take in a check or even this week, Vicky, is, Vicky, our treasurer, she's there. This is Vicky, would you stand up? This is Vicky, our treasurer, and she'll be at the back afterwards. And um, uh, even in this last service, people said, well, one person said, I'm not sure if I remember next week, so I'll give it now. So it, it, maybe you just go, I'll, I'll give it today. But would you, would you help us to achieve what we believe God is calling us to achieve? And as we as a church don't just continue to do what we're doing but continue to expand what we're doing that others might come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. I'm asking you please for your generosity in both those things. Is that okay? So, planned giving and a gift and I think as we look at scripture it tells us we're all involved. God gives us gifts and talents. Let's use them for him and see what he might achieve as we seek to just serve him with the gifts that he has given us. Amen. I see the children have joined us. Sorry. Let's, um, let's stand together, shall we? We're